What's up, everybody? Mac Walker here coming at you with another episode of VoxCast. On this episode, three lucky Voxers got the amazing once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to interview CEO of MailChimp, Mr. Ben Chestnut. In this podcast, you hear the group talking with Ben about a lot of different things, starting with his upbringing and then ranging from even what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur in this new world. It's an amazing listen, so I hope that you all enjoy. What's up, everybody? It's Chris here with the VoxCast. I'm here with Lyric and Eric. Today, we're going to be interviewing the CEO of MailChimp. We would like to just ask you a little bit about what MailChimp does, if you're okay with that. Sure. How's it going? Pretty good. Thanks for coming today. So a little bit about MailChimp. MailChimp is a a marketing platform for small businesses. So that means we basically help small businesses get started, build their brands, and grow their business and sell more stuff. Could you briefly describe your background as a teen for us? As a teen? You're going to make me go back to my teenage (laughs) years? Uh, Let's see, what do I remember about my teenage years? My father was in the military. I remember that, but he was retiring. Uh, So it was an interesting time. He was going back to school, and I was still in school, so it was weird that we were both together students. Uh, I remember uh, growing up in Hepzibah, Georgia. It's a small town outside of, uh, nobody knows where Hepzibah is? Uh, (laughs) It's a small town outside of Fort Gordon, Georgia. You know where Fort Gordon is? It's, uh, <laughs> so I have to keep, okay, so I have to keep getting more broad. So it's near uh, Augusta, Georgia. Okay. How about Augusta? Yeah. Yeah, so it was a little military town, little neighborhood outside of Fort Gordon, Gate 5. And I, I grew up there. It's kind of um, sort of in the burbs. Uh, mixed race family. Went to a country kind of school out in, out in the rural areas. Maybe uh, I might have been one of three Asian kids in the whole school. <laughs> uh, it was a little bit different. What else can I say? My mother ran a, a hair salon in our kitchen for the neighborhood. Um, and I, I used to help her run the business, sort of empty the ashtrays and sweep up the hair and that sort of thing. That, those are some of my memories growing up in a small town. Did you have any siblings? Yeah, I had um, two older sisters and one older brother brother was a helicopter pilot for the army my oldest sister was uh, she ran a hair salon and then my other uh, older sister was in high school as well so from an early age to where you are now yeah uh, who would you say are your biggest influences uh, my parents uh, my parents made me who I am today my sister was one of my biggest influences um, she she was inspired by my mother, who ran the hair salon in the kitchen, and she went off and started her own non-kitchen-based salon in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and her business uh, got really big and very successful, uh, and every month she would bring money home for my parents uh, and toys for me. That was the more important thing. <laughs> They'd always bring me toys, uh, and she was my inspiration to become an entrepreneur one day. Yeah, She, um, she actually had a... Um, she had a, a problem at one point. Her business was doing great, and then she kind of had some fights with some business partners, uh, and that basically made the whole business shut down, and she had to file for bankruptcy, uh, and that kind of ruined everything for her and her business, and that eventually inspired my co-founder and I, Dan, to start this business to help other small businesses not have to go through that sort of thing. So in building this company from the ground up, what were some of the biggest obstacles that you faced? <laughs> it's all obstacle. <laughs> I think if you're going to start a company, you better, you better love obstacles. I think I, I saw a book one time. The title was 
the obstacle is the way. Isn't that a great title? I never read the book, but that's a <laughs> great title, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been all obstacles. So maybe the biggest ones are um, probably mental, really. I mean, you, every business goes through the same sort of stuff, having enough money, making enough money, keeping enough money to last through all the ups and downs. But really, it's mental because when you start a business, you sort of have to hunker down and be like stubborn and, and grow it. But meanwhile, your friends, they're working somewhere and they're making good money. They have vacation time. <laughs> they're going out to parties. They're watching movies and going to concerts and you're sitting there working till 3 a.m. trying to get your business off the ground. And you, you basically become out of touch with all of them. Uh, and then you'll start to hear them say like, why are you doing that? Why are you suffering so much? And even family will say, why are you doing this again? Um, that was the hardest thing for me, I think, was just sort of fighting through that, struggling through that, uh, and, and sticking to it. So what caused you to pursue a company like MailChimp? Like, how did it begin, and what sparked your interest in creating like an email marketing company? Courage, bravery. No, I'm just kidding. I got, <laughs> I got laid off. <laughs> so I think... Um, Growing up with my mother, always an entrepreneur, entrepreneur. my sister was an entrepreneur. Uh, my father wanted to be an entrepreneur, but he, had, he was in the army and he had to support family that was coming over from Thailand. And he always had family that he had to help. So he, he, he would go anywhere we went, he would talk about starting a business one day, but he never could. And uh, I think that probably made me want to be an entrepreneur. And then uh, I don't think I would have ever done it because it's such a scary thing. But in uh, April 2000, um, this was a time of uh, dot-com uh, implosion. All dot-coms in the world basically died off. Uh, I was in a dot-com. I was working at a, I was fresh out of school, got a job at a dot-com, and I got laid off. And I felt like, well, if I don't start a business now, I'll, I'll never do it. Uh, and I worked at a good company. They tried to keep me. They, they're a good company. They, they offered me another job. Um, but I felt like if I take it, I know what I'll be. I'll be a manager. I'll move up, maybe be a director. And if I fight really hard, I might be a VP one day. But I felt like, but this is my one chance. If I take this severance check, they gave me maybe $3,000. Um, that's very generous. I took that and I said, if I don't take that and start my own company, I probably never will because I'll be too comfortable at this other job. First thing I did was I asked my wife for permission. <laughs> I took her to dinner, I said, may I start a business, please? Uh, and she had a good job, she was a nurse uh, at Grady. And uh, she had uh, health benefits, all that stuff, so that made it easy for us to make this decision, so uh, she let me start the company. But I don't think I ever would have done it if I didn't get you know, that kick in the butt that I needed by getting laid off. Yeah, but also um, read that this company is also was also once a side project for another company that you're trying to start. Could you just tell us about that company a little bit? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of funny how it all worked out. So I so this was the dot com days, right? So this is when really nobody had really had a business on the internet before, and the rules weren't written yet, um, and so nobody really knew what they were doing. And so a lot of us were fresh out of school. This was our first kind of um, experience with business. Like, yeah, this is how businesses run. You just sell things online. Everything was, it's a lot of fake money out there. And so in the news, I remember reading an article about 
an e-greetings website. It was called bluemountain.com. You know what an e-greeting is anymore? Like the things you send to people, like the gift card, like not like the cards, and you send it to them. It's like, it's like a cheesy yeah. animated yeah. cartoon <laughs> that you can send someone through email. Um, well, there was a there was a website called Blue Mountain, and uh, they were e-greetings, and another company called Excite bought them for $600 million. And I was fresh out of school, and I saw that, and I thought, whoa, well, let me do that. Uh, because my one of my sisters and I, we used to draw cards. We thought we might have a, a card business like Hallmark one day, and we used to draw these cards all the time. Um, she eventually actually got a job at Hallmark. And then I, I thought, well, let me start an online greetings website. And maybe if I sell that, I can make more than Blue Mountain. Maybe I'll make $700 million, uh, if I can make it better than theirs. So I started a, that e-greetings site. Um, we drew a lot of e-greetings. Uh, and, you know, it, it got a little bit of traffic, but it never took off. So we, you know, you can have... You can look at it two ways. You can look at it as a complete failure and just like throw it away. But I don't know. Our attitude was always like, well, this one didn't work. Let's put the parts in the parts bin and try again later because you never know. It might be useful later. So, you know, in our minds, we put it in the parts bin. We forgot about it. And we started this business. It was called Rocket Science Group. And um, we just designed websites for a living, right? But all of our customers, we noticed, needed email marketing. And we said, what's that? <laughs> and so we looked into it, and it was basically delivering an email that had pictures in it. And we said, well, that's just like an e-greeting. Same thing. So let's just take that code from the parts bin and kind of redo it and, and make it into a, a website called MailChimp. And that's what we did. So it just basically one failure basically led to another really big success. Could you shortly describe your daily routine as the CEO of MailChimp? My daily routine? I feel like it changes a lot, but, um, uh, you know, my daily routine is basically wake up at about 4.45 in the morning, um, try to exercise. If I don't, then I won't be calm during the day. I'll be just, like, really itchy and wired. Uh, and you have to, you have to fake like you're calm if you're the CEO like n you have to basically fake like nothing stresses you out so exercise first thing in the morning really helps and then I try to do that as fast as possible because about six o'clock my kids wake up and now all hell breaks loose <laughs> so I have to cook breakfast I have to help get them dressed uh, any last-minute homework <laughs> that they forgot you know help them with that um, and then I, I take them to school uh, make breakfast and coffee for my wife as well um, and then, so then then uh, so I get into work at about 8:30, and uh, I try to walk around the office see who's here early say hello to people you know when you get in that early like you you want to get noticed you want to be appreciated <laughs> so the CEO walking around and saying hello to people in the morning is a good is a good idea so I walk around and say hi to people talk about what work they do and then by nine, everything starts humming. People start strolling in and, gosh, I sit here at this table uh, and I make a lot of decisions. Basically, if you have a very good team, they take over, they take maybe 95% of all decisions. But the hardest ones that no one wants to do, they basically come here. 
<laughs> so it's lots and lots and lots of hard decisions and lots of communication, lots of um, emails, meetings. Uh, that's why the table has to have so many seats. Um, you have to have lots of people in it at the same time. So I'm really thankful um, in high school and college, I had to do a lot of essays, lots of writing and lots of communications. Helped me out tremendously as a CEO. So do you have any ideas regarding the future of MailChimp and how you're working to develop it further? Yeah, I mean, when we started, you know, 18 years ago, all we wanted to do was be really, really good at email. And this is what happens. We built a great brand around one thing, email. And if you build a great brand, what happens is people fall in love with it. And then people basically assign their own meaning to your brand. And you, you kind of lose control of your own brand in a way. But that's kind of a good thing because it comes to represent something bigger. So two or three years ago, some of our customers came to us and said, You're, you, why are you still on email? <laughs> You're basically about all of small business, small business marketing. Help all small businesses grow no matter what, whether it's email, social, video, any of those things, postcards. So our customers gave us that idea two or three years ago, and we've been basically rebuilding MailChimp from the bottom up to take on all those new uh, marketing channels. It's kind of exciting. This time, I know how to do it because I did it once before. <laughs> so how do you think MailChimp has made an impact in Atlanta and the community as a whole? That's something that I think that we're... Um, we... we First thing is like um, all the employees, right? So um, we have almost a thousand employees now, and I keep bumping into some of my employees in the halls, and I'm hearing like they they bought their first car, or maybe they bought their first home, or they had their first child, and that's 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 a kind of a big thing. I mean, when I started the business, I was just trying to make a little money uh, and buy food. <laughs> And, you know, I was filling my gas tank up $2 at a time. Uh, I was just, my dream was to have like a full gas tank, you know. <laughs> and now I'm hearing about people buying homes now, uh, thanks to the business. That's a big thing. Uh, my co-founder, Dan, wants to make sure that our employees help the community as well. Um, so he has programs. He works with Lane Shakespeare and Josh Penny, I think you met. And his, their whole team, the corporate citizenship team, to make sure that we give back to the community in bigger ways than that as well. So, um, we're giving back to different charities. Um, me, I'm just trying to you know, keep growing the business so that we have more to give back. So I noticed like all around the city and in this area, even in the office, there are all these little like art kind of signs, kind of like all yes. these mail puns. Yeah. What's kind yes. of the story behind yeah. that? <laughs> well, so um, we, we, we're a private company. Uh, and we do really well. We have so many customers all around the world. But we, we never used to really brag that much about it. So, uh, and we had a small office on the other side of town. And we wanted to move into this building that we're sitting in here. And we came to talk to them. And they, they were like, who are you? And we said, well, we're, we're MailChimp. We want to move in. We, wanna, we want all of this office space. And they're like, yeah, no, who are you? <laughs> uh, and they didn't believe that we actually had the money to do it. Um, and one day I just said, you know what, let's just buy up all the billboards on this street uh, to kind of show them. And it wasn't advertising. <laughs> yeah, it was just. I said, let's just put the monkey on every single billboard all around here. 
just to show them, you know, we mean business. Uh, and it was kind of for fun. <laughs> and it was, we found out that billboards, you know, were really cheap. It was, we had a really good deal. And so we basically bought up the whole street. And since it wasn't advertising, we, we didn't feel like we needed the billboards to sell MailChimp. We already had millions of people all over the world signing up online. We felt like, let's make something that's beautiful, that's you know, not gonna make the neighborhood you know, just ugly. Um, so we hired a bunch of artists to take our logo and do different variations of it. Uh, and it was really meant to be like a short term, you know, just for a few months kind of a thing, but it seemed like people in the community kind of fell in love with it. Uh, we saw um, like graffiti artists would tag, but they would leave the art alone. They would tag all around it. Um, we just seemed to, we, we saw that people kind of appreciate it. So we just have kept it going. Uh, some people have no idea what the heck they are. And we don't mind. It's, you know, it's, we think it makes the community look a little bit better. Yeah. Well, thank you for tuning in with us today. Thank you for joining us today, Ben. We appreciate you. We appreciate the staff at MailChimp for being so great. We appreciate Eric and Lyric and Maurice for helping us set this up. Thank you for tuning in for the VoxCast, and we'll see you on the next episode. You three are pros. I wish I had Chris Jordan's voice. <laughs> I really wish I had your voice. For more team-created content, visit VoxATL. VoxATL. VoxATL.com. <laughs>